Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from beautiful, sunny California and now living here in amazing Beijing. With me today is Alex. Hello, everybody. Talking to you is a very happy Alex because she's finally in the same city with her co-host. I am from the northeast part of China and we are speaking to you from Beijing, China today. Yay! Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. What is happening in China is Mid-Autumn Festival. Very, very soon. Everybody's looking for that celebration and the sweets. So Mid-Autumn Festival is imminent. Yes. And so this is the eighth lunar month and the 15th day. I th- yes, you got it correct. Yes. You got it right. Woohoo, woohoo. So uh, <laughs> why don't, you know, you are the Chinese person. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is? Well, I guess I'll start with the commonly celebrated uh, festival rituals and uh, observed um, holiday traditions. I think for most Chinese people, whether you are in China or you are in uh, other countries, you grew up there or you're living or studying in another country, on this day, which is the 18th day of the eighth month of the Chinese lunar calendar, um, you eat the sweet, beautiful, wonderful, high-calorie mooncakes <laughs> because the shape of the mooncakes resembles the shape of the moon, which comes um, in full round circle that day. Um, although there is a saying in Chinese, we say um, the 15th day is the full moon, but it's rounder on the 16th day. Really? So, yeah, there's it's a saying, apparently. Basically, if you go and look at the moon on both nights, it'll be both beautiful mm. sighting of the moon up in the sky. Um, and of course, it's a holiday for gathering. It's a, a chance for everybody to unite with their family. It's kind of like a mid of the year family reunion celebration for Chinese people. That's interesting. This is the first time I've heard that it lasts more more than one day from any any person. <laughs> and in the 10 years that I've been living here, mm. because I was just reading about um, the Moon Festival in other Asian countries. Yeah. And I, one of the ones I know about a little bit is called Chuseok, which is a South Korean mm. mid-autumn festival. And theirs is three days long. And what's interesting about this is that in China, we have a separate, I'm sorry, you guys have a separate <laughs> holiday. You can say we. Called <laughs> we. Okay, thank Thank you. I've been I gave you the, the permission. Full, yes, I have permission. Uh, <laughs> um, you have. We have a holiday called Tomb Sweeping mm-hmm. Day, Tomb Sweeping Festival, and no one. I don't. I think very few people actually go sweep tombs, but it's a day off. Yeah, and it's supposed to be for honoring your ancestors. I do see people burning the fake yes. money. I guess it's not fake. It's heaven money or something. Yeah, and you give like BMWs, paper BMWs to your your past relatives and stuff. Yeah, I w- I, w- well, I have a question about yes. that. Go ahead. So, okay. That just occurred to me. So say your great-great-grandfather uh-huh. lived lived in a time where there were no cars and your great-great-grandfather <laughs> does not know how to drive. Is giving him a BMW the most responsible thing to do? <laughs> then in that, in that scenario, you might also want to ask, Is it does it make sense to send them cell phones? Well, hey, you know, <laughs> like, I, I'm imagining Wi-Fi works really well in heaven. <laughs> and I, 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 can, I can think that electricity is probably, you know, 
uh, free. Yeah, yeah. yeah every, you don't even need to plug stuff in. You just, it just, the battery stays forever. It'll be solar powered because it's so close to the sun. <laughs> okay, so. Very ridiculous. So, so, if, so in Korea, they combine uh, this festival, Tomb Sweeping Day, with Chosok, which is mid-autumn oh. festival. And they have three, a three-day like a Thanksgiving festival. So that's what I, I mm. guess. It, it, so this is celebrated in Vietnam. This is celebrated in Thailand. This is celebrated mm-hmm. in South Korea. It's celebrated in lots of countries in this part of the world. Mm. Um, and it's celebrated in China, where uh, now I know it's two days long. They say the moon is rounder on the 16th day, but usually the celebration is just the night before. Mm. So technically it's not two days. La, la, la. a little bit about mooncakes mooncakes are probably the most accepted type of chinese dessert at least according to my social circle for a lot of international people living in china because you must know this jason when when people have chinese dessert they're like oh it's not you know a lot of people are like it's not sweet enough mooncake is one of those kind of dessert that is really sweet because it has most of the mooncakes there are different types of course they're different cooking methods to make mooncakes across all the way across china but they're all pretty sweet and they're, they have a lot of like either butter or some other type of oil in it. The taste um, is very, very rich. And usually there are these like round shaped pastries. Like, you know, they're big ones and small ones. Small ones could be like five centimeters in diameter. Mm. And then the big ones could be like 10. What? I've never had the. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those you know, those mooncake would talk about how like it would be in a really luxury uh, packaging. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes in those you have the small ones on the side. You have like one giant one in the middle oh. so that you can just cut it up and, and can I tell you a secret. I had one for breakfast this morning. A mooncake. The big one or the small one? The, the little <laughs> tiny ones. I buy like a big thing of them. I've been using them as like my coffee, mm-hmm. uh, like a company or like, hey, little sacrifice. I'm going to eat you now with my coffee. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's delicious. I wanted to eat that like last night, but I was like, hmm, it's not a good time to drink coffee. So it's not a good time to eat mooncakes. <laughs> but it, like I said, it, it symbolizes family union. But funny enough, like all kinds of other food across China, there's like the northern mooncake and the southern mooncakes, you know, but... Funny enough, you don't really hear arguments on what mooncakes should really taste like. It's mm. kind of like because it symbolizes family reunion. People are just like, you know what? Whatever you like, as long as it works for your family, it's okay. Um, but I guess the most common type of mooncake is what we say, the the Cantonese-style mooncakes. But mm. even though it's, it's, it's called Cantonese-style, I grew up eating that mooncake in northern China. What's the Cantonese-style? So the Cantonese-style is what we see the most. It's, um you know, it's that kind of like thin pastry that wraps it. It has the edges. It's round, but it has like little, uh. little edges. And it usually has a lot of different um, fillings, like what we called, what we said, the, the lotus seeds paste or some type of um you know mushrooms and egg yolks and then the one that we talked about where they put Mm. five different nuts and sweets in it so that's probably the most Mm. most most popular one that people really people all love i think that's the one i have because the one i have is nutty yeah i i wish Mm. there's a kind of like a history of regional mooncakes and and that explains why cantonese mooncakes became the most popular i guess there's one flavor that we like it. The style of the mooncakes is Cantonese style, mm-hmm. but the filling is red bean paste. Mm-hmm. That's very common here. 
in China. And that's common just across. I've never had that back home. At home as in California? Yeah, back in the States, <laughs> I never even heard that red bean paste was something that existed. Oh, yeah. Then I come to China and they're like, everything's got red bean paste. In. Red bean paste pie, <laughs> red bean paste mooncakes, red bean paste anything. All the desserts are just red bean paste. I tried to order chocolate chocolate ice cream one time and they were like, here you go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is red bean paste. <laughs> I just chose it in the picture by the color because it's oh. kind of chocolatey-ish looking. I kind of had the, I, I did the same thing. I was ordering Dairy Queen and it said sweet peas or something. And I thought I meant that, that meant the, the M&Ms, but I ordered it. It was actually just sweet red beans. Speaking of like red beans and everything, I've also tried Southern style mooncakes. Like uh, they're Sujo style mooncakes. That's more like the wrap is more, it's like crispy layers of flaky dough. Uh. Kind of like, yeah, imagine if you put like mooncake fillings in the, in a croissant. <laughs> like, sort what, of. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds really good. What a great, brilliant idea. <laughs> I know. And that's, that's for, I mean, I don't know how it came about, but that's also very popular in like the, the Yangtze, Yangtze River area in the east around Shanghai, you know? Um, and of course it comes from like, long long time ago mm. and it also has a very generous amount of sugar in it so it tastes yeah. really really good i have a friend named christy and uh mm -hmm. she t said that i have one of those big mooncakes she said that's a thousand calories and i was like what the mooncakes they really do have that many calories how do they get so many calories inside because of like i said there's a very generous amount of sugar and butter or some type of oil in it and then the filling itself is again like concentrate of sugar and some other kind of oil and the ingredients itself because here's another thing on top of those other types of mooncakes there's also the yunnan mooncakes remember earlier i mentioned that there's going to be like meat in um in yeah yeah so yunnan mooncakes is kind of known for that because they use ham and flour hmm meat it's the the yeah the, <laughs> i know it's a little but no, think about great. i know because it's kind of like chicken and waffles but a dessert version you know it's savory and it's sweet at the same time making me hungry i was about to say i should probably just open a mooncake i have like a lot at home right now i'd like to add to that the commercialization of like this holiday a little bit because yeah. I, I moved here about uh just a little over 10 years ago and i worked for a major company mm -hmm. and they would give us a ticket every year about this time to go to haagen oh yeah around beijing they have these huge like um temporary pop-up things that are huge these giant tents yeah and you go and line up when you hand your ticket depending on how much you paid for your ticket mm. you get different like a uh, pack it's a, it's like a, a refrigerated pack so it comes with like its own refrigeration yeah and it has a little ice thing inside and it comes with ice cream and stuff so you get these haagen <laughs> made ice cream mooncakes oh wow from like these big companies as a gift in china if for yeah. a, a lot of folks and you know they're they're delicious mm, it, <laughs> but you have to eat them within the first few hours or they just turn to mush i mean you know? ice cream mooncakes this just sounds like the combo of you know throwing your calorie calculation out of the window <laughs> i'm gaining weight today <laughs> like i do not care about healthy diets i want i want this well i know starbucks also sells like a very over expensive like four pack and one mm -hmm. of them is like oh so it's just basically two different kinds of chocolate layered together yeah and it, it's a it's, you know i actually have not had it because it's so pricey but it looks delicious yeah i mean the whole 
talking about commercialization of this very festival, because the festival has uh, both such a good meaning for everybody, all of these high-end hotels, brands, luxury brands, even if they're fashion brands, they will come up Mooncake with their sandals. mid-autumn festival edition of Mooncakes. And they're in like really <laughs> excessive packaging. I mean, they're beautiful. And it feels like if someone gives me a box of chocolate, sorry, not chocolate, box of Mooncake from State mm. of Grand Hyatt, and then it's in really great packaging and it comes with other like interesting little silverware to eat it with. Mm. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm very happy. Thank you. You mentioned food, and absolutely food seems to be a big thing. <laughs> yeah. But I also want to talk about history and tradition. So Thanksgiving absolutely. is a very complex history in the United States because it's supposed yeah. to be about pilgrims and Indians, but now mm. it's come under fire. And now it may be like people are turning away from Thanksgiving because of the, <laughs> the way that the Native American folks have been treated yeah. over the last couple hundred years. It didn't work out well for them. Mm. Yeah, let's not go into that. I know. But I, want, I was hoping you could delineate a little bit of what is the history of Mid-Autumn Festival? Because I actually know the story. I was a kindergarten teacher for many years, and I would tell this story to my kids. To the kids. There yeah. was like one or two kids who were like, I know this story. Daddy told me. And it's like, yeah, like, I'm telling teacher, the story right now. Teacher Jason, your story is not correct. <laughs> but like, you know, actually, I think I got to teach maybe more than 100 kids over the years yeah. where this, what the story is. So again, uh -huh. you are the Chinese side of this show. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will I will try my best to recount from what I read from from the Chinese. This is going to sound like I am trying to beat Jason when it comes to sourcing the content on this show. <laughs> this is the history and origin of the Mid-Autumn Festival from the State Council website. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Whoa. No, no, stop. You got to stop right there. What did your mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, what did they tell you? Okay. What did they tell well, you? Okay, let's talk about the folklore version of it first honestly for me personally my parents never told me stories they were just like i think i was lucky enough to have had a wonderful teacher in the kindergarten like jason <laughs> who told who told me that there was a beautiful goddess living on the moon and her name was chang'e and she had a husband named ho yi but they couldn't see each other um and ho yi was cutting trees on the moon chang'e has a rabbit and i never connected the reason why the moon has to go into crescent and comes back full for them to meet each other because we had another episode previously about what? about uh yeah i know we had a no no i know this is not the story i know may i may i recount the story that i know yes let's cross-reference right, so in my in my story there is a, a man named hoey i'm probably messing up the tones uh but he they lived in a time when this earth was too bright and too sunny and so he took a oh he had to shoot the sun yes he took his uh uh bow and an arrow and had to destroy he shot nine of the ten suns in the sky mm. bringing the earth's temperature to its current glory and you know livability as a reward for him uh -huh. the gods i don't know which gods or what they're you know who, who are these people <laughs> where they come but the gods gave him this elixir that allowed him to fly 
and have magic powers. Uh-huh. So he drank a small amount of this and he was apparently not a cool dude. <laughs> and so he flew around tormenting mm. the village. And so his wife, feeling sorry for the villagers, decided to steal this away from her husband. And she, whilst holding her rabbit, drank all of the elixir at once, mm. which made her fly too high and she ended up on the moon with her <laughs> rabbit and now she, now uh chung yeah. lives on the moon with with her rabbit uh jade rabbit you too i, I want to say yes you you too the jade rabbit i mean maybe That's... maybe the thing is they're different different stories you know i mean this is just the one i know i don't know i mean there uh, we, we've had uh episodes about the chinese yeah, valentine's yeah. day before there and they're always stories. There are always multiple stories, but what people really did was because there is kind of back then there was a worship for the moon. And that's why mm, people mm, come up mm. with stories that are that fantasizing or romanticizing what they think the moon is for them. I actually I was reading about Chuseok, the Korean version of this. Mm-hmm. I only keep bringing Korea because I lived there briefly. So I was using this I one keep as forgetting my that. reference point. Theirs actually has to do with they were invaded by some other people. It doesn't specify mm. who, but in 822 AD. And so they created a special three day like victory uh, party, mm. you know, thank Thanksgiving like holiday. And that is the origin for their uh, mid autumn festival. So it's like to celebrate not being invaded. Yeah. So it's completely obviously they don't have any rabbits in theirs. Mm. Rabbits went. I think rabbits went. It's a better <laughs> it's a better story. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if you really dig on the Internet, they're probably different stories. You mean I mean, similar plot, but very different details or subplots that are going on in those stories. But it's it's mm. the only thing is that it's a day to think about other people that you care about if you can't be with them and mm, if you can't mm, mm. be with them that you're go- then you're going to gather and look at the moon and think about because in china the word for perfection or for mm-hmm. perfection closure like a perfected closure or you know things like if it has a very good ending we say it's yuan man yuan means uh round yuan means round mm. man means full uh. which is two words that you could just dis- describe the moon with a full moon with one of our producers when i was getting ready for the show that said that this is a an important holiday for family kind yes. of like a chinese new year but like because it's second tier <laughs> everyone in the world even the people who don't know much about china they know there's a chinese new year yeah this is one of those things that everyone knows yes china has new year festival <laughs> even people who don't know anything about china know that china is serious about its new years yeah but if you mention mid-autumn festival i think you're going to get a lot more people who are like huh? well what's that. yeah yeah so uh this is like the second most important of the the big holidays in china mm. and so maybe families don't get together you know you don't see like mass train like migrations around the country yeah for people going home but one of the producers for the show she mentioned that one of the things that some families do is they look at the moon and imagine that the moon is like a a transporter or like a vehicle or a symbol uniting wherever they may be. Yes, because the moon, it's, you know, what we say, the moon, we're looking, we're look up to the sky. We're looking at the same moon and there are poetries, uh, like poems about that as well. So that's a way, I mean, I don't know how people in ancient times are thinking now it's like, we don't have a long holiday for the mid autumn festival. Mm. So you don't always have the luxury to travel to your family. So you would just, you know, observe the same rituals for the holiday and that'll make you guys 
just feel like you're connected through the moon. It's like you teleport your how much you miss them to the moon and the moon will send it to them instantly like a satellite. Well, you know, yeah, actually, that's that's interesting. Like, because it, it is a satellite, actually. Ta-da! Science. Ah, <laughs> pun. <laughs> You know, you mentioned one story, I mentioned another, and you're right. And there's another story I read because when I was preparing for this show, mm. I looked up a, a, a website from Hong Kong mm. and they do mention like uh, Hoey and stuff. Yeah. But they also mention fire dancing. So they have dragon fire dancing in Hong Kong that has to do with, they, I guess they love dra- dancing. They have the lion dancing and the dragon dancing. <laughs> Big dancers down there, I guess. So this festival, mm-hmm. the way that it's interpreted in, in Hong Kong is they had an ancient illness mm-hmm. that was plaguing villagers. And so they built a giant straw dragon covered in incense mm-hmm. and carried it around and people miraculously weren't sick yeah. and so a consequence of that they have fire dragon dancing in uh, hong kong yeah. today which i've never heard of in northern china i've never seen that at this time of year in beijing or no in, even in in wuhan i didn't see that yeah so i think you know, there are differences in different parts of china and how different celebrations are carried out yeah it just it just seems like there's always kind of more of a gathering type of activities in southern China mm, mm, mm. when celebrating a festival. Northern people are mostly just about what you do with your family. Um, um, well, except for the Lantern Festival, of course, where everybody goes on kind of a fair that night. Also, it's line dancing. I guess line dancing never took off. Like, it never became a huge, mm, mm. you know, popular way of celebrating stuff here in the North. I imagine it's be probably because half of the year is really cold. They just couldn't do it. I was wondering about that, too, because I only saw one or two lion dances in Beijing in my 10 years here. But right? when I went down to Wuhan, there were lion dances at different times of year. Not, I didn't see it at this time of year, but I maybe just missed it. Mm. But they did have it for uh, like Chinese New Year at, at one point. And we went to this big festival where they have all this cultural, Chinese cultural stuff. And they had really amazing lion dances there. Mm. Yeah, there's some definite north south differences. One thing I do want to come around to is lanterns. So mm. there's a special holiday at the end of Chinese New Year. The lantern where festival. Where there's a lantern festival. Yes. But apparently there's also the sky lantern. Yes. Is associated with the mid-autumn festival. Mm. And I, I have seen this in Beijing, but not up in person. <laughs> Sometimes my friends and I, we would sit outside uh, at Chaoyong community. Yeah. We would hang, hang out and have a big like celebration for mid-autumn festival. Many For many years, we would all bring mooncakes and wine and fruit and stuff and sit around and talk under the moon. Mm. And a few times I saw like paper lanterns flying through the air, you know, yeah. a hundred meters up just wow where did that come from so i guess this is uh, you've never you've never done that yourself no it's it's a lot of fun um me and my two friends in college we went to the city of pingyao in shanxi province Mm. i don't know if you've been there they're known for the the well-kept ancient town it's close to some of the really famous grottos in china and we went there for the mid-autumn festival Mm. just Mm. for i think just for like three four days we're not being the typical tourists we're just eating a lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) that sounds great i know we're just eating we're just like devouring food local food with no signature <laughs> whatever that came our, our our way we just devoured it and one of the days we went to this little bar-ish place and and people are eating we bought the pingyao uh 
pinyao mooncakes, which is, again, different from all the three other mooncakes that I have mentioned. I guess people in different areas just made kind of reshaped mooncakes into whatever they mm, think mm. is better locally. So we just had the pinyao mooncakes and it was really nice because we got to see the people um, in that little town making the mooncakes during the day. We were seeing, mm. you know, we we're seeing what kind of tools we're using, how they're making the wrap, how they're making the filling. And I was really tasty and we brought the mooncakes into that little bar and the little bar had a, a like a, a yard in the middle um and it's like a well kind of thing you know you're sitting around this yard and it looks up to the sky and i think after we finished a couple of drinks the owner of the the bar just he comes out and he's like okay everybody it's it's mid-autumn festival now we're going to do this together i know that you don't know each other i don't really know you guys but i think it's fate that brings all of us together here so we're all gonna set off this uh sky lantern mm. and so we did we just all st- we just all stood there and the table people at our table who we didn't know we just we just lit it up and we let it go and it went up to the sky it was it was fun watching that it actually just really floated up and it just went far above can i ask some questions about this yeah. because i'm just thinking about fire safety is there <laughs> is there is there a candle inside um it's not a candle it's a I think it's a ball of something. It's either soaked with alcohol or some sort of gasoline, but it doesn't go on for that long. Flying gasoline that's on fire. What could go wrong? Sounds so much fun. <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. I I don't even know. I think it's alcohol. I mean, I've never heard of a fire being started as a consequence of this, but I'm just thinking, you know, like if it's just you know, a few people and like it's done in a way that maybe I don't understand so that it's safe. Great. But what, if, <laughs> what if, you know, like you're, you're in a city of if this catches on and you're in a city of like Beijing where you have 20 odd million people, if everyone were to send like, you know, flammable paper gasoline mm. uh, candles into the sky, bad things might <laughs> come out of that. Yeah, I, I guess that's why it's not really a, it's not really a tradition in or it's not really observed in bigger cities. Most of the times, if you see this kind of sky lantern, which is also called koming, Kong. you know the the, the light the light of koming. Koming is one of the what do you call those people? He's he was. Um, do you know who told that we're going into a whole different realm? Do you know who Zhuge Liang is? No, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> that Are is these okay. poets? I'm just assuming it's a poet because everyone's a poet in China. He's a semi-fictional <laughs> character in one of the greatest Chinese literature, mm. uh, the the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Mm. He was the what's the person that comes up with all of the ideas and strategies for an army? A uh, strategist, a general, uh, sort of. Um, someone who's really smart, basically. This is also called Koming Lantern. Um, it's a whole different story behind that. Uh, basically, they're saying he invented how this could go up to the sky. And then apparently, if you're you can't just set off fire, big fire, to inform other parts of your alliance. Oh, it's a signal. It used something. to be like that, but then later on, people use it to send their good wish with the lantern up to the sky. Uh-huh. Um, that's why people do it. It's like a way of getting close to the sun. Business idea, Alex. All right. This sounds <laughs> polluty. So uh-huh. all of you environmentalists, plug your ears. So uh, we get little LED lights that are like temporary <laughs> on a little battery. And we set, we sell in like a helium like yeah. balloon thing that you can send up. It's not flammable. It's uh-huh. safe. It just destroys the environment. That's all. Yeah. And then you can send these up into the sky <laughs> and no risk of fire. <laughs> sounds perfect. But we also have 
to find a way to make sure people enjoy the same excitement when they light something on fire. <laughs> no, but it'll have little flames on the side, you know, like a picture of flames. Okay, yeah, okay, like, okay. You know, like, those old cars from the 1980s that have no taste. Or the <laughs> or the new electronic uh, firecrackers so that you don't pollute the environment. Electron, I, what? Electron? Oh, no. Oh, you didn't know that? People, people do that. It's no. basically just a speaker in the shape of a, a giant um, roll of firecrackers. You can hang it up at the, by the door. And when you, quote unquote, light it, it makes the sound of the firecrackers going can, off. Can it be used more than once? Definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. A million, a billion, or maybe a gazillion years ago, a giant split open an egg. Then came the lady giant who made people and Mr. Curious, the botanist, Mr. Handyman, the baron on the tree. This is our new season of Chinese folk tales, and we will explore the ancient mystical world together. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You're listening to The Bridge. So the last thing I guess we is moon gazing, which just means looking at the moon is a huge part of that. Yeah. So we already talked about that to some extent. Uh, so this is a full moon. That's why it follows the lunar calendar, because if it didn't, we'd look up and be like, what kind of moon is that? So mm. what happens is it gets moved around each year, depending on when the Gregorian calendar and the lunar calendar <laughs> yes. align. Uh, or So yeah. this year it is the 10th of September, Saturday. It's very early this year. It's very early Is it? this year. Yes, that's early. Yes. Another thing I want to mention, and I get a lot of flack for this almost every time I bring it up is that and Chinese people are very sensitive about this is that in the Gregorian calendar, the idea of mid autumn is not the same as uh, it is in like, uh, okay, so this is a different cultural difference between China and the world. Yes, is that we count the first day of autumn as the day between the shortest and the longest day. So the the longest day of the year is June 20th or 21st or 22nd. That's why we call cusping. Mm. And the shortest day is December 20th. 20th, 21st, 22nd, the shortest day of the year. So the exact middle of these, I think it's called the fall equinox, (laughs) is what we call the first day of autumn, which is usually a you guys call around mid-autumn. So in China, when you guys are celebrating mid-autumn, the most of the rest of the world outside of Asia, hey, autumn has started. So like, I don't mean to be culturally insensitive, but I get a low. When I say this to some Chinese people, they're like, no, 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 it's mid-autumn. Yeah, mm. you're, no, you're wrong, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, all right, sure. But, you know, it is a, it is definitely a cultural difference that China is very serious about, like, you know, the, the Chinese New Year yes. is the beginning of spring. Yes. And for most of the rest of the world, they count that as still the middle winter. of winter. Yeah, because spring starts March 20th, 21st, yeah. 22nd, according to the Gregorian calendar, mm. which is the equal distance between the shortest day and the longest day for spring. Mm. So I, I find this interesting. And, I, you know, I, I'm sensitive that it's definitely I'm in China. 
it's mid-autumn. Yeah. But like if I was back home, uh, the people would be saying, well, why isn't that celebrated like a month and a half? from?" Yeah, now? it just it, it falls like the lunar calendar and the Gregorian calendar basically always has about, you know, roughly give or take 15 days difference. But because it's made based on how the moon moves around the, the Earth, um, that's why it's called lunar calendar, mm. you know. Um, but the Chinese people, because we're such a we're such an agricultural uh, society, we mm, 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 for the mm, longest mm. time, we were, you know, we were surviving and prospering off of yeah. agriculture. And f- in order to kind of serve the purpose of keeping good timing mm. of farming activities, they had to think, OK, so there is the lunar calendar that goes with, with the that calculates how the moon goes around Earth. But we also want to make it reflect the uh, the temperature change or the, the the weather changes that could better serve mm, 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 the farmers mm, 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 mm. so there's an adjustment there's like i don't know how exactly it's done but every like a decade or so there would be a double month like there would be like two uh, first month or two second months to kind of offset the difference of how the moon oh, oh, oh. yeah january again what month is it it's it's january yeah two. pretty much yeah. pretty much so that <laughs> in that way you're you kind of keep the gap always around 15 days you know, I, I don't think this is related. I just want to mention it, maybe because I'm just showing off my nerdiness. Oh, let's see. But uh, the god that January is named after is Janus, which is a, du- a two-faced god or a double-faced uh-huh. god. Maybe it has nothing to do with the other, but I just thought that was fun. So <laughs> I, I got... I, go ahead, go ahead. Since you mentioned that, I wanted to... I listened to this really interesting... Not interesting podcast, just this knowledge that I didn't have before, that the name of the months... Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you think about it, October, octo means eight. Yeah. Oh yeah, eight, eight. That's right. I can't really remember the story, but it's, it's no. I, I know the story. I know. The, I know the story. Can I help you? Yes, please. Okay, so December deca, like as in uh, decathlon, means ta- decade. Ten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you actually get million, billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, sextillion, septillion, octillion, neptillion. That's how the numbers <laughs> go. So it's easy to remember the really big numbers if you follow yeah. the same ancient like Latin roots. Yeah. So you get that. You have ten. So why is the twelfth month called ten? Ten. Yes. Because Julie. Julius Caesar, July, mm. and Augustus Caesar, August, were added yeah. to honor these two first emperors of Rome. Ah. They just inserted these two uh, emperors as two extra months in the middle of the year and stretched it out so <laughs> that the Latin origins for the names of the months no longer meant it. Well, they're basically like, our our emperors are so great. We're going to change eight to ten. Now, <laughs> now eight means ten now. Yeah. So yeah, that is confusing, isn't it? <laughs> Good to clarify. Uh, you know, I used to be told that story as a young, as a young, a young boy, but I never really understood who Julius Caesar was until I was much older. Mm. Sad, sad story. Nice guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so have you seen the pencil case that is like Julius Caesar, where you put the pencil in the back of him? Uh, no. You know, you put pencils in a cup. A lot of people put pens and pencils in a cup, so they have a Julius Caesar yes. with little slots in his back, so that you can just put store your pencils and pens in. Is back. <laughs> I would love to see a photo of that. Please send me a photo of that after our taping. Oh, yeah. Some say Chinese is one of the most difficult languages in the world, and learning it is almost impossible. So learning Chinese, the most difficult thing. So I'm sort of tone deaf. I can't really hear them. I think the cultural mindset is the biggest complication for the grammar. It's just complicated. So much. Only because you're not learning it in the right way. Why not try Takeaway Chinese? 
where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. Take away Chinese. We will promise you a difference. You're listening to The Bridge. We're here in Beijing. I went to this website and learned that actually there are special places in Beijing that are exciting places to celebrate. Oh, please do so, let me know. Uh, I don't know what it. Where is Shichahai? Shichahai is you know. Do you know where Beihai is? Yeah, Beihai. Yes. So Shichahai is close to Beihai. It's in that similar area.、Mm. It's all kind of the back garden of the royal family back in the、mm. days. So yeah, it mentions Shichahai and Beihai, and I know where Beihai is. So I was. Actually, thinking、yep. this year, I'm going to Beihai. Maybe there's going to be like booths or like cool stuff, and like you know, I mean, probably there's probably going to be all kinds of interesting crafts or you know. Little snacks that you just like. I don't want to be too regional here, so I want to mention Shanghai, even though they're not as cool as us. But they have—they <laughs> apparently celebrate in this place called the Jin Mao Tower.、Oh, so in、oh. the Jin Mao Tower in、okay. Shanghai, that's where. And also, apparently, on the top of Yellow Mountain, Huangshan. So, Huangshan. That's in Anhui. Yeah. So there are different places that this is celebrated, especially if you want to be like one of the. I don't know. Is thank there's is there a Thanksgiving place? Do you like gotta go to New England to celebrate that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can go on the turkey farm. That's that's what you can find in New England.、Mm. You just go on those turkey farms and get attacked by those wild turkeys. <laughs> very aggressive, very aggressive little creatures. So you mentioned it, your family didn't tell you the mythology of this particular holiday. <laughs> what was your experience growing up as a young girl in Dongbei、uh, when this when this holiday comes around? What do people actually do in you you know your from your childhood? I feel sometimes when I every time basically when I'm asked a question. Like that, I'm like,、hmm, I guess my my family it really isn't just that traditional. <laughs> like you imagine, you would imagine like a family sitting at dinner table, and then the parents are telling their young baby girl about why we're celebrating this. <laughs> For me, the I mean, maybe you just watch TV and ate mooncakes. I mean, anything. I- Honestly, they cook a big meal, and we like to people like to give each other mooncakes. It's not like oh, we're just gonna buy and eat the mooncakes. There's a process of exchanging. Like we will give moon. Mooncakes to people. People will give mooncakes to us as a way of vi- visiting each other and saying that,、mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm thinking of you on this holiday." And we just we just eat mooncakes. Like my entire memory of the Mid Autumn Festival is just eating mooncakes. And even till today, when I'm like, "Oh, it's Mid Autumn Festival soon. Ah,、uh, I need to get some mooncakes." <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, so it's all about the cakes. It, it's one hundred percent about the food. You know, that's what it feels like sometimes to me. It's like looking at the moon and eating cakes. But I just wanted to hear it. It is. <laughs> what did you do last year when this holiday came around? Very interesting question. Last year, I think last year it fell during the、uh, national holiday. And what did I do last year? I can't remember. Oh wait, it's oh <laughs> I remember what I did. I was in.、Um, I think I was traveling or doing some. My business stuff in Guilin because、mm. I had to go to handle some business before I started my new job. So I actually used that holiday to kind of just travel because we all really miss traveling. I think we had mooncakes just at some point, but、mm. it was a business、mm. trip, so、You're、I wasn't doing full on focused on business. Okay, let me ask you a different kind of question. You lived in America and for years.、Yes. Yep. So, what were some of your experiences of this holiday in the Chinese diaspora? If I say I did the same thing, would you be disappointed? <laughs> 
<laughs> but we, we do. We Why do. aren't you cultural? Why? I know, but we do tend to. I am an American. <laughs> I demand that you become more cultural. <laughs> be proud of your Asian identity. Um, I'm just, I'm just joking. No, I know. But we did, we did try to you know uh have a gathering when we're in the united states because here you have your family you have your friends um and everybody's chinese everybody's celebrating this holiday you don't have to Mm -hmm. go out of your way to make sure that this day sorts it's a little bit special from the rest of the the month or the the week even so when i was in the states we would we would just make sure that we're going to have nice dinner like a nice chinese dinner together and then have mooncakes but the you know the funny changes i remember when i first moved to boston there wasn't a very high end or a very nice Asian market for you to go to. There's only this one that's in Alston. Mm, mm. It's called Super 88. It's a very typical, you know, Asian American business name. Um, and then at Super 88, you could find, you know, the the, the kind mm-hmm, of mooncakes mm-hmm. that weren't made with, it, 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 they weren't as delicate as the ones that you could have in mm-hmm. in China. And let alone those really, the ones that we mentioned earlier, like the high-end luxury uh, mooncakes with really interesting fillings. Mm-hmm. But like over the years, or maybe because I moved to New York later on, and then we would go to H Mart, mm-hmm. we'll go to Flushing, all of these places with so many more brands, uh, types of, of mooncakes. And I recently watched this Douyin video from this guy. His name is Bao Luo, like a Chinese version. Chinese translation of Paul. He's Chinese, of course, and he's from Shanghai, but he went to school in in, in Harbin. He's a very interesting personality, and he he likes to make all kinds of desserts. Mm. Him and his wife, they every mid-autumn festival, they make they home they make like homemade mooncakes wow. and put them in the Asian market in, in San Francisco. Wow. And when he went to film the markets with in from within the supermarket, it it was it was I was like, this is even like a bigger variety than what you would see in the store here in China in San mm. Francisco. It's an insane well, amount of brands. Well, you know, do you know any folks from South Africa? I want to kind of segue this into a different kind of uh, topic because I have a lot of friends from you know the colonies, mm-hmm. as you say, as people. So, uh, col- former colonies of the UK. Yeah, and in in South Africa, a lot of people still have tea time. Ah, uh-huh. so. That's something that the, you don't have in the UK really anymore, unless you're the queen really? or something. Like oh, no one wow. has tea time. So like in South Africa, they preserved a lot of the older English culture to try to the, the people that had migrated there from England. Obviously, most people are not from England. They're they're Afrikaners. That's totally different. But a lot of the people who moved there from England mm. preserved their English culture better than the people from England. They just we're English, we're moving on. Okay, we're done with tea time. It's some time for something else. Mm. You know, we're going to the pub or whatever. But so I find it really interesting that in San Francisco's Chinatown, I lived there in San Francisco for, you know, a couple of decades. It's yeah. a lo- lovely place. And they take the Chinese holiday super seriously. <laughs> They're like, everything gets decorated and Aww. there's huge festivals. And like, it's just a mammoth thing. Every single Chinese festival. Yeah. And I think that might be the same kind of thing because they're not in China. So it's so extra, super important for them to safeguard their culture mm. by over overdoing it, you know, like doing it to the next level. So because, of, yeah, we're doing mid-autumn festival. We're going to do it <laughs> like it's getting done. Yeah. So I think that's that's one more interesting, interesting thing. And China it just evolved and changed. And they're like, yeah, well, of course, we're Chinese. This is how it is yeah. in the diaspora. You see, like, <laughs> they're like, no, we have to show that we're Chinese. It's it, it's going down. That, that is a very good summary of 
of the difference. Like it's part of our it's part of our inherited culture. It's kind of like people are not going to ask, like, why do we eat rice every day? You know, because it's just been <laughs> something that's been done generations by generations. Because mm. I mean, the whole moon worshiping started over almost a thousand years ago. Mm. All almost mm. 2000 years ago in China. Mm. And and it's been like you said it's been developing, it's been kind of morphing into what people how people look at it today and it's passed on. It's like something, you know, the dynasties change, the regimes change, but the worship for the moon has always been here and then the idea of like gazing at the moon and writing poetries and thinking about the loved ones, it's been there since the very beginning of when it was documented from um from the from like the Zhou dynasty, which is like like the third dynasty in Chinese history. Mm. So for us, it's like, okay, we just do this. It's almost like by clock, like every year it's the, you know, when fall first starts, we're like, okay, it's the time of the year. We're going to eat mooncakes. It's going to come up just like how, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. Zongzi or is going to come up during, you know, May or June. You kind of have that very innate expectation of when it's supposed to happen. And mm-hmm. you do it as a routine. But when, when, at least when I was overseas, these kind of holidays really makes me want to go it really made me want to go. I am going to have a thing. I'm going to make sure people over here, we're going to take pictures, put it on social media, make sure that everybody in our circle know that this is this is a holiday <laughs> that we celebrate and it, it symbolizes our Chinese identity. <laughs> Different mindset. You mentioned at the beginning of the show, the shape of the cake is similar to the moon. So I want to describe it. You know, I'm a kindergarten, former kindergarten oh. teacher. So it is a cylindrical oh, wow. cake. So <laughs> it, it, it is like a short cylinder. Yep. Like I imagine, I don't know, a puck, like an ice puck from a hockey. Mm-hmm. It's about that shape and size and the dimensions are about like that with rounded edges. And sometimes it's got like a little folds on the side yeah and there's an impression on the top that is usually like a like a series of uh lines it kind of looks like a chinese character but it's not a chinese character yeah and sometimes they can have different shapes and things yeah one of the things i want to mention you know uh-huh. this is my i want to throw my opinion out there is i prefer the mooncakes that are not you know okay i want to talk about cookies real fast <laughs> when my mom used to make cookies they would get like a mama if you're listening to this i love you and when my mom used to make cookies she would cook them until they were a little crisp mm. i didn't like that that much you know i i actually prefer it when you just undercook them slightly okay and so that they're just a little doughy just a little and so um i like the mooncakes that are a little chewy and a little soft mm. as opposed to ones that are flaky and a little like uh mm. crispy okay. so uh, those I ju- i'm just throwing my preference out so <laughs> inside about uh, half a centimeter in usually there is like a filling and yeah. that's often Sometimes very sticky, but it can also be dry and have this yellow one that's kind of like salty, a little salty, but still sweet. Yeah, it's that what that one is the for again for northern people. Even though that south, south and north have different styles, like they we do all like that kind of cylindrical mm. shape to mooncakes overall, but the the fillings are different. And in the north, it's usually we call it the five five nuts or five uh, five fruits. Oh. Five fruits and nuts. Basically, think about like a really, really sweetened. Uh, yeah. What do you? What's those things? Mixed trails. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. Like, like <laughs> you really good, crush good, them. Right. And, but it's it's technically what it is. It's some nuts and peanut, and then like uh, some sort of dried fruit in it, and it's it's called the five nuts, and it's really 
ground up, really crushed, super sweet. My dad loves that. Um, or you have the the dates, like the paste, date paste. Um, that's very popular as well. But in the South, people like to use, what do you call those things? Kind of like the coconut shaves, but it's the lotus shaves. Uh. Uh, very sweet as well. And then... There in the center, there will be the the yolk, <laughs> coconut shavings. We get to call lierong, which is like the 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 lotus seeds shavings, which is also very very sweet, and uh, it wraps that shavings wrap the the yolk of a salty duck egg. <laughs> I don't know if you are a fan of that. I am. I love that. And again, like I don't know if if you know if all listeners listen to our episode on the Dragon Boat Festival, we talked about zongzi, you know, the sticky rice dumpling. They also some people in the South also put meat in uh in mooncakes. Yes, meat. Well, though, well, yes. what really yes. meat mooncakes? This has blown my mind. Whoa, ham. Let's say still, but it's like fl- it's savory. In the North, it's very salt. It's it's very sweet. In the South, they like a little bit of savory in that savory taste in their mooncakes. You know, uh, maybe you don't know this, but Five Nuts is also the name of a novel <laughs> I'm writing about an escape from an insane asylum. This is not real, really. No, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> when you said when you said Five Nuts, I was like, oh yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. I mean. That would be a good starting point for a really good story. And we could segue it into we could segue it into a description about mooncakes. You know, that's could be part of like the metaphor in the story. One of the many, many folklores about mooncakes is also that people in China was were able to uh, resist the aggression from the Mongols because like this message, this little slip of paper with important, important uh, intelligence was hidden in the mooncake. And that's how they're able to bring it oh, out and yeah. they were able to survive and, and resist, you know, so it could be part of the story. That you well, want. I want to I go over that again for people who didn't maybe catch that because I think I read about this in preparation, too, and I thought that was really interesting. So at some point, uh, a thousand years ago there was an invasion and uh in order for people to communicate with each other they were hiding slips of of information (laughs) in mooncake boxes and sending Mm. the boxes to each other so they'd open it up and inside the mooncake box would be like you know the troops are hiding behind this like mountain pass or something yeah that's very interesting actually there's so many stories like that you can come up with or you can find actually people or imagine people in the old days with no social media and they're going to come up with all kinds of stories like this because that's just that's the only pastime well as long as we're talking about communicating with no social media were pigeons used in ancient chinese history for communication oh my god of course they're like the courier of uh, important battles like if you watch chinese uh period drama you always see the story of a pigeon like landing on the shoulder of a general and then the, sh- the general takes over the pigeon there's a little roll of paper with just like five characters on it but you just know their entire plan from that five mm. characters and then you're like okay this is the this is the new move we're gonna scratch all the plans we just made and you win the war wow <laughs> and see that's a pigeon you don't eat right no. now i'm just kidding <laughs> you cannot barbecue this one <laughs> All right, so you did mention a great story that you had about celebrating um, this festival in, uh, I want to say you said Xi'an, uh, where you <laughs> went and sent off a... A combing uh, lantern, like a sky lantern. That, is that your favorite memory of this holiday? Uh, probably, actually, because that was... Uh, we were in Shanxi province, 
which is like really well known for their shaved noodles, which has nothing to do with Mid Autumn Festival. Just wanted to put it out there. You know, um, it was my favorite because I I think I was I was 22 and that was like my first time traveling with my my girls, my besties, and we were just kind of going with the flow. We didn't have a plan. We were like super adventurous and we were with each other and kind of like family. We didn't have to gaze at the moon intentionally because when we walked out because it was an ancient little town Mm. there was no skyscrapers there was no light that kind of drowns out the stars or the moonlight in the sky yeah there's no light pollution really and i I remember we had a couple more beers to drink and we were in a really good mood and we started to feel like everything's such a great sensation around us and we look up at the sky we see the moon we're like oh my god the moon has (laughs) we're like the moon looks like it has feather on it because mm. of the cloud and uh, we started talking about the feathered moon for the whole night for no reason and that was a very very fun memory and there's no such thing as a feathered <laughs> moon uh just so everybody knows it's just something that we came up with and we we're very proud with that name uh back then not anymore but still really great memory so that's a beautiful story i have like a kind of final question for you yes. so for all of the people who are like sinophiles, people who love Chinese culture out there, but, you know, maybe they don't live near a Chinese community. What can they do to se- join in celebrating this holiday this year? I would actually, um, if you're really, if we're using that word, then I would say try to read the Chinese poems. Mm. I'll always bring back to the Chinese poems because like you said, we people talk about if you can't be with your family, then you could just look up at the moon because you're looking at the same moon wherever you are in the world, which is which is scientifically correct, you know? So mm. um, that's the one thing that you could always have because you can't really breathe the same air, but you can look at the same moon. Um, and if you want to understand the spirit of this what this festival really means to Chinese people. Like I said, it's had over almost 2000 years of history and a lot of it, a lot of it is preserved in the poems about it. And there, there are a couple of really famous ones you could go look up, just read them because it really very, in a very concise and beautiful way, captures how people feel. It's kind of, in those poems, it kind of makes you feel like this festival is not like a happy gathering festival. It's kind of like, you know, happy and, and sad a little bit because there are- Really? Yeah, because there are people who can't physically be with their family when they look at the full moon that's supposed to symbolize reunion a longing Um, so if you can't be with your family you you have to like long for your family at one point at least absolutely and then it it, it says like almost all of the the poems you're gonna find are going to touch on the point the moon goes into different shapes it comes full and then it diminishes and it's a cycle just like life comes in uh, ebbs and flows it goes high it goes low it's just it kind of tells the truth of life and then no matter where you are you're always looking at the moon thinking about your family because they're doing the same thing for you and uh i have one more question after that question okay so in uh chinese new year we say shini and kuala and uh uh, what do we say for mid-autumn festival is there like a Mm. greeting or a a well-wishing what do we say that of course you say as well which is happy mid-autumn festival as well this that kind of applies to every festival that is celebrated and observed in china but you could also say because ankang means to you know we wish you good health and uh stability because it's kind of the day it's still 
points to the harvest because that's it's almost that time of the year the farmers are like i said our culture is largely influenced by the agricultural nature so you say ankang like is the the you know mid autumn in yeah and if you say that people are like oh Great. Zi, so zi, zi, zi. now now for all of our listeners who <laughs> want to celebrate this holiday you just need to get some mooncakes read some chinese poetry read some poetry <laughs> feel sad and long for your family while you're looking at the moon and if you see someone so you can say yeah so please join us next time on the bridge where we connect east and west thank you for joining us alex always glad to be back we'll see you next time